I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So glad you are tuned in to Tech Vibe Radio this Wednesday night. This is Jonathan Kirsting. I'm with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And as many of you know, this past summer has been crazy for us here on Tech Vibe and at the Pittsburgh Technology Council. We've been out and about just everywhere grabbing great stories and we're playing a little bit of catch up bringing you these stories and so tonight's another one of those shows where we're kind of bringing you some of the coolest conversations that we've been having over this past summer and uh, tonight we have lending home stopping by again lending home is just a fast moving company growing their presence here in pittsburgh and uh, they're revolutionizing the way people get mortgages and we also have Taylor Ford from ITs for me. She just started this new IT consultancy up oh about six months ago, and she is just a ball of energy and is so much fun to to learn and listen to. And we also have uh, Jordan Saunders from Nextlink Labs. He's part of our Tech Vibe Radio podcast series. He's me talking about all things digital transformation. So keep your dial tuned for these conversations. But before we got a really really cool conversation with George Takai, we sent our own Gina Winstead, who who leads up our diversity and inclusion initiatives here at the Tech Council to interview him at the Monroeville Comic Con. And George is just such a nice guy and has some great insight on all things technology, all things technology back in the 60s, and of course talking a lot about the LGBTQ initiatives that he's been part of over his many, many years. So give us a quick listen and uh, tell us what you think. Ready? We are dialed into Tech Vibe Radio. This is Gina Winstead, and we are boldly going to go where no tech council <laughs> has gone before. Um, oh, are, I think many people have gone. Oh, they've, they've gone, gone there. <laughs> they've gone. We're going to try to go somewhere else. <laughs> we are here at Still City Comic Con at the Monroeville Convention Center, and you might not recognize my voice because you're used to Jonathan Kirsting and Audrey Russo running the show, but I guarantee many of you will recognize the voice of our esteemed guest today. So I have the privilege of interviewing George Takei uh, as my first solo interview. So thank you so much well, for doing this you. and helping me break into the limelight and the career of podcasting. I, I appreciate love to that. open the door so that you can boldly go where you've never gone before. Yes, yes. You are famous <laughs> for that. And you're most notably known for your role in, as Sulu on Star Trek. Um, and you've also had a career in acting, on film, on stage, and also as an activist. So we're really impressed with the work that you've done for the LGBTQ community. And I, I thank you for that. Uh, we usually start with some softball questions. I did want to ask you a little bit about Pittsburgh, but I found out that you've lived here for four months recording a show, so... Called Suba Ninjas. Suba Ninjas. It's, it's a, a Nickelodeon show. Oh. And, uh, preteens. That's awesome. So these some of these younger folks here can That's participate right. and, and catch that on, on Nickelodeon. That's I was great. a ninja master, and I taught my grandson the art of uh, ninja... Ninjahood. <laughs> only everyone had a grandfather who taught them the art of ninja. I think the country would be a better place right now. So since we're the Pittsburgh Tech Council, I do want to ask you, what's one piece of technology that you think you cannot live without? Uh, well, uh, certainly the uh, phone, uh, iPhone. Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, app that you use um, consistently? Uh, you use many of them. But, you know, on Star Trek, we had that amazing device back in the 1960s that we wore on our hip. 
no cords attached. Wherever we went, we could flip it open and start talking. That was amazing in those days. Mm -hmm. And that was supposed to be the 23rd century. We're only in the 21st century, and not only do we talk on it and uh, not even flip it, but we buy things on it, we watch movies on it, we do all sorts of things on it. So so powerful. We have gone beyond the imagination of the 20th century, where Mm -hmm. a uh, flip phone was an amazing, staggering piece of future technology. I agree. And we are all obsessed with those, with our phones and our apps and everything. So that's a really great answer. And I know that you've really pioneered the industry um, as one of the first Japanese-American actors on primetime television and as an LGBTQ activist. Well, I'm Asian-American. Sulu was not a Japanese character. He was supposed to represent... uh, Well, Gene Roddenberry wanted uh, that character to represent all of Asia. But Asian surnames are all nationally specific. Tanaka is Japanese. Wong is Chinese. Kim is Korean. Uh, And uh, 20th century uh, Asia was turbulent with warfare, colonization, rebellion. And he didn't want to suggest taking sides by having a nationally specific name. He wanted a name that suggested all of Asia. So he had a map of Asia pinned on his wall, and he was staring at it, and he found off the coast of the Philippines the Sulu Sea, and he thought, the waters of a sea touch all shores, Pan-Asia. So that's, I mean, he, he was, he really thought deeply. I mean, he said, you know, uh, Starship Earth, mm-hmm. real strength is in its diversity, coming together and working in concert as a team, yes. when in fact... 20th century Asia was warfare among Asians, you know, all these different countries. And so he was a real visionary, and he wanted to find a name that suggested all of Asia. So Sulu was not uh, a Japanese character. He was an Asian character. And that's really groundbreaking thinking as far as the lines of diversity in film and in television. And I know that you've done a lot of work on that forward. Um, You recently came out with your book, They Called Us Enemy. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. I know that you talk about your experience in the internment camps for Japanese Americans during World War II, which had to have been a very difficult time. Um, And I appreciate you sharing that. And it really reminds me of Mouse by Art Spiegelman because it's a graphic novel. And that's something that I was uh, had to read in college. And it's very impressive work. And as somebody who has really gone through something where you've had to persevere and watch your family suffer through basically imprisonment as a child and as adults, can you give me some piece of advice for other people who are trying to persevere through adversity? Well, I think, uh, you know, what, uh, when we were incarcerated, I was five years old. Mm-hmm. So with my graphic novel, I tell that story from the eyes of a five-year-old kid, me. Uh, and for me, actually, a Southern Californian kid being plunked down yeah. in the swamps of Arkansas, it was an exotic place. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bayou, trees grew out of water, and their roots snaked in and out of the water. I'd never seen anything like that in Southern California. And along the the edges, there were tiny little black wiggly fish swimming (laughs) about. 
that I could scoop up and catch and put in the jar and watch watch them grow. Wow. And one morning, I noticed the little stubs on their sides. And every day, it, it grew and grew to look like legs. And then the tail fell off. And this it? creature uh, hopped out of my jar. Oh, it was a it frog. It was a frog. <laughs> I mean, you know, magical things happen. That's Fish amazing. That, that turn into frogs and hop out of the jar I had them in. So, you know, I tell that story uh, from the, uh, the uh, eyes of a five-year-old. Like I said, way too cool to have George Takai here on Tech Vibe Radio with our own Gina Winstead. So glad to have Gina out there grabbing interviews for us. She's definitely shaking things up. Just to remind everybody, the Pittsburgh Tech 50 Awards are right around the corner, happening September the 25th. We are honoring the 50 fastest growing tech companies and the CEO of the year in the Pittsburgh area. In fact, next week, if you tune into Tech Vibe, we've got a special show detailing and announcing all the finalists. It's a great time of year for us. It's literally the biggest night in technology. And there's still time to register if you want to go. It does sell it every single year. It is literally jam-packed at the Wyndham. Over 700 people tend to show up because it is, like I said, the biggest night in tech. I've been doing this for 22 years now. So if you go to pghtech.org, you can learn all about it right there, and you can register. And you can also learn all about the finalists and uh, all the the action going on around that. Hey, we're taking a quick break. Like I said, we've got a lot of tech vibe right in front of you. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Tech Council. Learn more about us, pghtech.org. Yep, you're listening to Tech Vibe Radio, and we're here talking to Jordan Saunders from Next Link Labs. Jordan, thanks for hanging out with us today. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to talk more about your new company. You just spun this thing up. It's just getting off the ground. Next Link Labs, like, what were you thinking? Yeah, I mean, uh, we just wanted to bring some some technology uh, expertise to our Pittsburgh area and uh, nationally. And I like the fact that you brought this to Pittsburgh. What was what was the rationale saying, I'm coming to Pittsburgh to do this? Yeah, I mean, so we were working. I actually started a, a company about four or five years ago, and then we went through the rebrand to NextLink uh, this, right. this spring. exactly. And uh, we were working with clients nationally, and, um, you know, I'm a Pittsburgh guy, and this is my home, and wanted to bring it back home and really increase our uh, – Increase our exposure here in Pittsburgh and Definitely. work with more Pittsburgh clients. So you were you were out in, on the West Coast before, right? Yeah, we were doing a lot of work out in the West Coast, and we still are. Right, but, um, but you can still do it from Pittsburgh. Absolutely, yeah. that's the nice thing about technology in 2019. Very, very cool. So, give our listeners just a little background to give us the, the nuts and bolts or the elevator pitch. Sure. For what Nextlink Labs is all about. Sure. So we uh, we're a boutique digital transformation agency. So we specialize in DevOps, uh, full stack engineering, and and uh, cybersecurity. And uh, we're, we're product experts and entrepreneurs, and we say full-stack engineering. I mean, we, we really have a passion for, for launching products and helping companies launch products. Yeah. Is there a particular uh, industry vertical that you tend to specialize in, or do you kind of cut across all we, that? We cut across a lot of them. Uh, lately, we've been doing a lot of work in the automotive industry. Really? But uh, that's just kind of serendipitous. Okay. It's not really... It's, it's not indicative that this is this is our new vertical. Yeah, we're solving lots of problems for the automotive companies. Yeah, it's it's great that we, we love the space we're in just because there's so many different companies that can can use our service. Well, I guess there's very common problems I guess across these industries that you help them solve. Like, so what are some of the the, the major kind of problems that people kind of come to you with and they're like, man, we need some digital transformation here. Yeah, so a lot of times we see companies that are trying to modernize the the software they're using and how they develop software. So. We really love uh, kind of the DevOps perspective that we okay. take. Um, I, we look at, and I specifically look at software as kind of the engine that drives a lot of companies. And, Definitely. 
And so being able – and since that software is already kind of a multiplier on a company's productivity, uh, introducing like a culture of DevOps can be a multiplier on their multiplier. Wow, so you're like you're really multiplying at that point, right? Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's, great. it's a great space to be in because we're really able to provide a lot of value to our clients and, and help them with their problems and help them with what they're already doing to do it better. Very interesting stuff. And what I noticed is with what you're working on, it all kind of blends together. When you talk about DevOps, you talk about cybersecurity, all these things, at the end of the day, all that kind of – they all touch each other at some point, right? And so you got to be an expert in all these to really provide one overall solution. So you're not kind of tacking things on at the end. Exactly, exactly. So you know, the cybersecurity perspective, I mean building secure applications and making sure that you have um, you know, all the controls in place to meet certain compliance regulations, um, the, the DevOps – tools and strategies we we recommend kind of help meet those cybersecurity requirements. And then it also yeah, ties into the software development because we make sure that, um, you know, our developers and our engineers and our team are um, aware and, and have gone through, you know, security awareness training uh, when it comes to their, their code. So For it really sure, all right? ties together. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's nice to provide that kind of service. And you've got some clients. really strong partnerships out there along the way that really we, you backfill in and just take that solution to the next level. Tell us more about how you work with other folks out in the industry to really help your clients make it seamless. Yeah. So we, we have partnerships both. Um, so when it comes to providing services, we have, we like to be like a one-stop shop for our clients. Uh, obviously we don't do everything in house, but, um, we have strategic partnerships that help us meet our clients needs. And then when it comes to partnering with our clients, we really become, we can engage our clients in a number of ways. So whether that's, you know, staff augmentation, uh, more of like a mentoring, consulting engagement, or just kind of taking on an entire project. So you can put a person on the project or actually take that whole project on and and create that solution for the client as far as that is. Yep. And kind of anything in between. And we've seen, we've, you know, worked in kind of a bunch of different capacities. So that's really your sweet spot because you can be flexible like that, right? Exactly. Sometimes you work with a a large organization, they kind of, they're a little more rigid. They're like, no, we can do this or this. And you can do a hybrid of whatever you see is the best solution. You can kind of roll that out. Exactly. And it it all comes back to what I said about being, you know, product product experts and entrepreneurs at heart. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you can't take a one one size fits <laughs> nope. all. You want to have fun with it, right? You want to have fun exactly. with it. Exactly, and it's it's about solving problems and exactly. helping your clients in different ways. It's not always just a technical problem. It's fitting into to what they need. Yeah. So tell us a, a little bit about, about the, the staff and people you have on on on, on premise you know, to help solve these problems. And I also hear that you're in hiring mode as well too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So we uh, we have a, we have a bunch of full stack engineers, and um, we also have cybersecurity experts and DevOps experts. Uh, most of the people on our team are kind of cross-discipline, so whether or not they started that when they started working at NextLink, but they have uh, continued to grow their skill set, and we really, I really put a focus on training mm-hmm. our, our engineers to, to be very multifaceted. Get that mindset where you take a little bit of everything and bring it together. Don't just go down one track and, and, and try to solve problems with just one kind of solution. Exactly, and then, is. yeah, on the hiring side, it's kind of the same thing. We're, we're hiring, you know, bright engineers, uh, you know, we like smart, hardworking people, and we understand that in today's today's uh, technology ecosystem, yeah. it's easy to. So, if people go to like, if people go to NextLink Labs, you probably have all the information there about all the opportunities that you have, and really a little bit more about all the, the projects that you work on, and how it's a, it's a pretty fun place to work. <laughs> like, it's not going to be some boring thing where you're just working on the same thing over and over again, but you're literally doing custom solutions for all 
of your clients. That's just exciting stuff. And your new office space is down in the Strip District, right? Yeah, we're down in the Strip District in uh, the Serendipity Labs co-working space. We have a team room down there. Cool. Uh, it's great. That's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, the Strip District's awesome. It's awesome. There's all kinds of good stuff around there. Very cool. Now, what I'm really excited about is the podcast series you've been putting together around digital transformation. And if you go to pghtech.org and you click on our podcast studio, We've got some, some great content. We've been able to kind of nerd out and go a little deeper into some of these things around digital transformation. What, what's kind of been inspiring you these days as far as like the topics that you're picking and then the things that you're like kind of nerding out on, for lack of a better term? Yeah. So, we, you know, we kind of talk about the same things that, that I mentioned we, we specialize in. So we've been talking about DevOps, cybersecurity, uh, building a product, and just digital transformation as a whole. Right. So it's been exciting. It's a great way to, to listen and kind of learn and get an idea. And at the end of the day, like, you know, you have a problem you're trying to solve and, you know, it's going to take a technology solution and just give Nextlink Labs a call. Like you're there to help out. Like I said, I don't think there's a client too big or too small that you probably cannot help out. No. Yeah. Like I said, we engage in, in lots of different ways. So great stuff all the way around. Jordan, thanks for hanging out with us today. Once again, nextlinklabs.com. Also, if you go to pghtech.org, go to our podcast studio. We've got a, a growing list of podcasts there looking at all things digital transformation. Jordan, so much fun hanging out with you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super fun stuff. Hey, we're taking a quick break, and we're coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Welcome back, everybody. You are indeed listening to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting, and we are hanging out in the Huntington Bank Podcast Studio. We love being here because it gives us the flexibility to talk to everybody out there that we want to talk to right here in our own HQ. And we have a next-door neighbor to us, Lending Home. They've been growing like leaps and bounds, doing some crazy stuff right across the plaza from us here in Nova Place. And uh, it was, I think, five, six months ago? That's right. That thing was you were in the studio talking to Matt Humphreys, your CEO of Lending Home. Welcome back to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's First of all, welcome back fun. and welcome back to Pittsburgh again, of course. Yeah, been yeah. back uh, once or twice since we last saw you, but it's fun to be back now. Yeah, we heard you're in town. We're like, please stop on back. We want an update as to everything that's kind of going on with Lending Home. So uh, we need that update. But before we do that, quickly, I always like to reset a little bit. First off, you're like one of the coolest dudes I've got to interview in the past year because, like, you're crushing it. Like, everywhere you go, it's like, oh, my God. And, uh, and you're from Pittsburgh, too, which is, like, really, really cool. So there's this cool little synergy of things kind of going on. So give us your background, Matt. What's up? Yeah, I think you give me too much credit. But uh, So I'm Matt, co-founder and CEO of Lending Home. Uh, originally grew up in Mount Lebanon just south of the city, um, went to Carnegie Mellon, started there when I was a little bit younger, started at 13. Yeah, a little uh, bit younger. Yeah, I was like you know, five years younger than you normally would start school, but hey, what the hell. A little bit. Um, went through computer science there, straight into an MBA, and then moved out west and started building companies out in yeah. the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, started a variety of things. My last company was an e-commerce company called Home Run, and then in 20. 13 started Lending Home to be the best way to get a mortgage. So Lending Home is such a neat company. I mean, you, you tell our listeners what this is all about because I think you're solving some really tough problems here. and You're creating efficiencies to make the whole process so much easier when it comes to mortgages. That's right. We think mortgage is still somewhat stuck in the Stone Age. Um, <laughs> 60 to 90 days to close. Uh, still like 80% of these applications nationwide being done on paper, a lot through physical retail banks. Um, and we took a different approach. We said, can we make this really simple by bringing it all online? Can we make it very efficient by automating uh, the underwriting process so we don't have to use people? We can use systems and, and computers and rules. And then um, can we actually build an investor marketplace where anyone can invest in mortgages, not just big Wall Street institutions? So that's, that's what we set out to do in late 13. 
we launched the company in 14 and uh since then, we're uh, we've we've closed over four billion in loans and growing. Wait, back up four billion dollars in loans and growing, and you've done that over the course of like four years. Yeah, four or five years. Oh so my we're, we're we're doing over a hundred million of new loans a month, uh, approaching one fifty, and uh, and yeah, it's, it, it it keeps increasing. So we're having fun. That is amazing. I mean, is this is this scaling the way you thought it was going to scale when you kind of originally put the plans out for this, or is this going faster than you thought? Uh, it's funny. I, I I found my original pitch deck the other day from late 2013 when we were going to, <laughs> going to the venture guys super okay. early and you right. know, trying to ask beg for money, and uh, we actually are handily beating the projections. That Are you we put serious? Out 13. Oh, that's awesome. We, we, I think we sandbagged a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> but it was, it's been good. Very, very cool. Now tell us a little bit more about the company. Cause I know you're also doing some stuff. It's, it's really transformative when it comes to fix and flip. Yeah. So, um, we in, in eventually over time, taking on the entire mortgage space, we decided yeah. to start what we say from the outside in. So yeah. there's a lot of banks that do standard 30 year mortgages for refinancing. Right. There's a lot of people who play there. But there's a lot of customers that fall outside the core banking mold that need help that banks don't lend to. The first place we saw was actually financing property investors, right, 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 either right. buying and flipping or, or, or soon to be kind of buying and holding real estate. They don't really have a way to finance those um, with traditional lenders today. And so we're able to create custom credit models that tell us how likely these folks are to complete their projects and pay back, um, lend to them nationwide through our online portal, uh, and do it with uh, simplicity and ease. And efficiency that we talked about earlier. So we, in two or three years, we became the largest lender for this in the country, and we continue to accelerate our lead. That's really cool because I know it's a big thing out there where people are taking properties and, and reinvesting in them and flipping them over. Something that's happening here a lot in Pittsburgh now with a lot of our neighborhoods, people are going and buying up distressed properties, putting some money into them, and then, like I said, flipping them over and, and giving them new life. And so having those resources to make that happen it has to be really transformative these days. It is, and we're in twenty. We're in the high twenties. I think it's twenty nine states uh, and climbing. So this isn't just a California thing. It's not right. our backyard. It's we're revitalizing communities all across the country. And because homes don't, new homes don't really get built in the U.S. It's like a half a percent a year. Okay. Um, as homes get old, they need to be revitalized, and this is the ecosystem that does that. So it's kind of fun to to be making a difference, revitalizing homes and communities. And for these small business owners that are the flippers themselves, like we're. We're helping them grow and scale their business, which is fun. Absolutely. And this is not going unrecognized in the marketplace. I mean, you recently made a, a, a top a top list with uh, uh, Forbes magazine, correct? Yeah. So it was our, our second time on the Forbes FinTech 50. Um, super honored and humbled to be part of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that is no easy task right there. I mean, they're just not picking companies randomly here. Uh, they are not. So I think it's both the scale, it's the technology, um, it's the approach, it's doing it all online. Um, and again, we're, we're super humbled to be included. Yeah. I mean, and also, so, I mean, I think of just fintech in general and what's happening here in Pittsburgh. So you chose Pittsburgh for a reason to come here and grow the company. Obviously, you have your main operations over over in uh, San Francisco, which is fantastic. But you're here in Pittsburgh is now, as we said before, our neighbor here in Nova Place. What's happening here in Pittsburgh with Lending Home? Yeah. So we, um, about a year and a half, two years ago, we opened a small office in Tower One here at Nova Place. Uh, we actually outgrew that space pretty quickly. That's what I'm I believe, saying. Yeah. I believe the last time we talked to you, we were about 45, 50 right. folks. Exactly. Right, right, right. Uh, we're about, uh, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed here in the next month or so, we'll pass our 100th Pittsburgh employee. Wait, back up. 100? Yeah. Is there going to be a special, like, lending home celebration when you have 100 people here in Pittsburgh? I don't know. There, there, <laughs> there, there might be. We might be uh, holding out a surprise there. But, uh, no, we're, we're excited. Um, we originally opened the office thinking we – we had we had partnered with some folks here who had been in the mortgage industry gotcha. to kind of spearhead our operations. Okay. And we brought them onto the team. But then we realized, you know, 
product talent, engineering talent, data talent, design talent, the universities like Carnegie Mellon, we should build just about every role of the company here in addition to San Francisco. And so that's let us kind of grow and scale. We took about four times the space in the, in the other tower. And I think uh, very quickly here will be 100 and, and many more by the end of the year. So it's like your HQ2. It is. Right here it in is. It right? is. It is like it's HQ. We just say like HQ one, one A and one B. And one A, one B. It, it could actually, you know, within the next two years, it could even be equal, or there's a right. chance Pittsburgh could be even bigger. Surpass wait, wait, yeah. the capacity you have there. That's amazing. So, what's been the uh, the biggest uh, the biggest challenge growing here in Pittsburgh? I mean, obviously, you're hiring a lot of people, and you need some very specialized skill sets. What's that been like? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, from an engineering and 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 product perspective, you know, a lot of lot of awesome startups. Uh, I'm, so, I'm as a as a Pittsburgher, I'm pumped to see that yeah we kind of like to have our you know our special advantage and not have other companies come <laughs> into the region so we can get you know the best and brightest but we love to compete um for sure that side has been amazing um and i would say as we've expanded basically our entire operations here mm-hmm. we've also had to include roles like you know construction feasibility and 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 valuation experts so like licensed appraisers oh, so wow. it's cool. just been it's been a whole series of different roles not just engineers that we've had to hire right. so it's it's been a fun challenge to tackle very, very cool. And we're just so glad you're here building and growing as far as that is. And obviously, so tell us about the, the the work culture and the environment. It seems like you have a really fun place to be and an engaging place to be. What's it like working at Lending Home? Yeah, I think it starts with a really tight customer focus. Um, you know, these customers that we finance all across the country, again, revitalizing communities. We make sure that everyone knows what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, and it really, really starts with that customer Um Taking on a challenge as big as as kind of disrupting the banks and the lending that they do, mm-hmm. um, I think everyone loves to work hard uh, and really, really take big swings to build something special. That's what you Doing need. something like automated underwriting is not easy. Thousands uh, of lenders have tried. It's not easy. Oh, know, come on. I thought and, you just write a little script for it, right? A couple uh, algorithms ready to go. Done. Not not really. So um, <laughs> I think you know taking on big challenges, high high degree of customer orientation, and honestly, you know, people coming in, you know, even new employees that join, you know, a high degree of responsibility and accountability and getting to aim high. That's, and you're part of something that's really being transformative, I think, as well, too. It's got to be a great attraction point for you guys. Yeah, well, I mean, a uh, little bit different than kind of pushing ad, ads around on a web page, right? Absolutely. Helping put people in homes. Absolutely. And we love it. So, so cool. We've got about a minute or so left. What's the future? Obviously, 100 employees. What else is going to be happening with Lending Home here? Not only in Pittsburgh, but just in general with Lending Home. Yeah, I think I think you'll see some more states, probably some new loan products. Um, you know, we're we're... Uh, I think over the next two years, you could see us grow the business substantially again, another 50 to 100 percent. And, um, you know, I, I hope to I hope to outgrow the space that we just have in, in Nova, too. <laughs> Hopefully you have to take that second floor in the next couple of years. That'd I want to see a giant lending home sign on top of the building. <laughs> we we, we so keep cool. a low profile. We stay uh, we stay out of the spotlight, but uh, we keep our head down and deliver. Yeah, we love it. We're so glad you are here in Pittsburgh. Neighbors with us here at Nova Place. People can learn more about lending homes at lendinghome.com. That's right. They can check it all out. Like I said, so glad you're here in Pittsburgh. Matt, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you. Always appreciate it. Hey, thanks for keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio. So glad you're joining us for all the great stories coming from Pittsburgh's tech ecosystem. Uh, one of the biggest events in our ecosystem is coming up on September the 25th. It is Tech 50. It is the 23rd time we're doing Tech 50. Wow. It's almost a quarter of a century of us honoring the 50 fastest growing, most innovative tech companies. You can be a part of it. You can attend the event. It's a great thing to be at, really. It's the who's who 
of Pittsburgh's technology sector. I can't really tell you enough that you got to be there to help us celebrate these great companies that we've been talking about so much. If you go to pghtech.org, you can get all the information on it and sign up and register to be part of the action. But I do tell you, sign up quickly because it literally sells out every single year. It's a big deal for us. And uh, like I said, it's our biggest night. We want you to be a part of it. Anyhow, we've got a lot more Tech Vibe coming your way on this Wednesday night. So keep your dial tuned right here. And while you're at it, to learn more about the Tech Council, once again, go to pghtech.org. We love helping tech companies succeed. I'll be right back with you in just a few secs. So glad you are listening to Tech Vibe Radio. We get to talk to some of the greatest, coolest people. And I actually have a return guest under a new company, a new company she just started. We have Taylor Ford from ITs for Me. Yeah. And you, you brought it to Tech Vibe Radio a couple of months ago. Oh, thank you. Tons of energy coming out, <laughs> tons and tons of energy. And I was like, man, Taylor's got it going on. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you might be you. dubbed one of, our, one of our top guests of 2019. I appreciate <laughs> that. I wear that back with honor. Absolutely. So, welcome to the show. And I'm really excited to learn more about ITs for Me what you guys are up to. But before we do that, you've got a super cool background. Tell the <laughs> listeners a little bit about Taylor and what you're up to these so days. So a little bit about me. Um, again, I went to Syracuse University for chemical engineering. I minored in chemistry, graduated in 2014. Um, I came out and was head of IT for three years for Weavertown Environmental Group. Um, the nice thing about me is I built my first computer when I was 10. You told us that before. Yes, that is I my favorite that. story to talk about because nobody thought that I could do it. Right. And I got my uncle to buy my computer. And from the age of 10 years old, I yeah. actually continued to build computers. Yeah. But I was a closet nerd. So everybody didn't know that what I was, was in the like background. What was it like being a closet nerd? <laughs> um, you know what? It was different because I spent my summers at Pitt um, Computer Science Camp. Ah. So while all my friends were out, you right. know, and everybody's like, oh, she's working. No, I was actually at computer science <laughs> camp That's cool. while everybody else was in the pool. Right. But, you know, in retrospect, that's actually how I got to where um, I am today. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to build a website. I wouldn't have known how to code. I wouldn't have known the proper technology, like in marketing schemes to kind of use. Exactly. And it really did come from that technology camp. I spent my summers kind of learning mm-hmm. about IT because I knew that I wasn't going to go to school for it. I knew I couldn't teach myself chemical engineering. I graduated from Oakland Catholic, so I really loved chemistry and I loved math, but I had this backdoor, like, passion for computers. I love that. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I had to just expand upon it, huh? Very, very cool. I mean, so, I mean, tell me a little bit more about, like, as as you're growing up, you know, being a woman, usually you're not encouraged to to explore those fields. Were there ever times where people are saying, why are you wasting your time with that? Oh, plenty. Or, or were, you, were you always being told, no, keep plenty, doing it? Plenty, plenty. Um, my family, to be honest, was my biggest yeah. supporter cool. because I was doing things for them. Right. Isn't that nice? People support you when you do stuff for them. Yeah. And I was like my family IT lady. So if there was a computer broken, you're calling a 10-year-old, <laughs> right? You're like 15, it. you're calling a 10-year-old. <laughs> but it worked. I was doing our printers. I was doing our phones. You know, I was buying my phones. So... I was always like the techie lady, but then yeah. you have, you know, the others were like, you know, you can do something else. You're bright, you're beautiful, you can go and do other things. But I knew that technology was kind of the way that I spoke. Right. Because right. I'm like, I'm really outgoing, right? And like, I talk a lot. But the technology, I used to make slideshows for my family and slideshows and pictures of all of us and little captions to make us, you know, laugh. Mm-hmm. And then my sister passed last August, August oh 25th. Wow. And I couldn't seem to speak. I couldn't get myself together. But for her repass and her funeral, I spoke through my slideshow. 
I made a slideshow wow. of over 500 pictures of, of really? my sister, our family, our vacations. But I put a lot of pictures of her and I in it because I couldn't verbalize my feelings. I couldn't gotcha. get, my, get my words out. But I knew with technology, I'd pour my heart right out. And so that's actually what I did. I spent nights up and crafting and putting little captions and things on there, right. little slideshows, so that it would be, you know, like happy. It was a celebration exactly. of her life. Right, right, So right, right. I actually, at a young age, learned how to speak through technology and how to use that to make it change for people and to make people's lives better. Like my grandma, for example, couldn't print. And when I gave her the printing capability, she prints all Changed day. Changed her life, right? Yeah, exactly. she hadn't stopped. My granddad <laughs> wants me to stop now because he has to buy all this ink. <laughs> Dang it, Taylor, why'd you do yeah, that? Yeah, he's like, why did you teach her that? This is killing me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there was a lot of times where I was discouraged, but I felt like if I could push through, then that means there's right. another woman behind me that I, I can it. help push through. Oh, that's that so she cool. She can help push exactly. through. So I felt like, you know, sometimes we're putting different situations Definitely. where you kind of have to push through, but you know it's not for you. It's for the people behind you. That's awesome. And so I kind of kept that mentality to keep me gotcha. going, you know? So what gave you the inspiration to say, I'm going to start my own business? Because you're super smart. You can work <laughs> any place you want to and, and not have to worry about, like, making well, a know, payroll right? and finding customers. But you decided, I'm starting my <laughs> Tell own Tell me company. about it. So what the heck were you thinking? Tell me about <laughs> it. So um, since a little girl, I've been bossy. I've been a very bossy little girl. Okay. I was that way my whole life. There you go. And when I came to college, I told my friends that I'm only going to be in the workforce for about three years, guys. In four years, I'm going to own my own company. There you go. And I meant it. They were all laughing like, ah, oh, Taylor, you're in school for chemical engineering. You're not doing that. And um, on my third year at Weavertown, I had realized I had saved them over $500,000. Oh, my god. And goodness. so I said, well, if I can save them over $500,000, right. then I can take this show on the road. That's and I can doing, save right? multiple companies $500,000. So I started really honing in on my craft my last year and really writing down my processes of how okay. I saved, right. how I consolidated, how I streamlined, how I made things more efficient. And then I kind of culminated that into a business plan. Exactly. And when I, you know, finally left, I, you know, I shirt up all my T's and crossed my eyes and let them know, you know, that I'm going to take this show on the road, but my services will still be available to you. So it wasn't like I left, you know, I just kind of cut the cord, but I knew in my spirit that I could make a change in this industry. Yeah. And quite frankly, I was a client of myself. Exactly. So I hadn't right. managed that. Well, I, I feel like you're simplifying things. You're taking yeah, some I know, things that right? there's a lot of mystery and scariness so to much it. Mi- but, oh, there was so but much mystery. You're making mystery. it, you're, you're simplifying it. So much scariness to it. Honestly, I prayed about it. Okay. Like, I, I'm, I hear you. I'm heavy into my faith. And after a while, sometimes things just keep hitting you in your spirit. And I right. knew that I was the head, I okay. was not the tail. And that just kind of kept going <laughs> I love in my it. head like, you're the head, Taylor, you're the head. And really, I was afraid. I was afraid of failure. But when I realized that what's for me is going to be for me, yeah. there's absolutely no way that I can fail. That's so, so powerful. So I just jumped. Right. I honestly, I went home and I kept praying. I kept praying. I kept working. And then I read this book. Okay. And inside of the book was the business of the 21st century. Okay. And it said, if you're not building your dreams when you go to work, then you're building someone else's. Exactly. And so I said, well, I am not building someone else's <laughs> dream. So I'm going to go ahead gonna and build do, my I'm own I'm building my own dream at this point, Yeah, right? I was yeah. like, mm, wait a minute. 
a minute now. So I had to take a step back and realize I had dreams, big dreams, big goals. I love it. And I needed to go attack them. And you are attacking it. So tell our listeners a little bit about the services that you guys I, provide yeah. and, and why people should be hanging out with you and helping <laughs> you solve their <laughs> IT issues as far as that goes. Yes. So we have um, two different things that we do. So there's two different sectors that we kind of play in. So okay. we have the managed IT, which everybody knows about. We do your fixing your computers, you know, managing your network for you, giving you that IT help desk. If you have a problem, you can call in. Right. And um, we protect the devices with our endpoint packages. That's phones, iPads, computers, exactly. servers. Okay. Um, anything, you name it. But the, what separates us kind of from our competitors is the digital media marketing that we provide. Ah. So that's actually the next sector that I had opened up with my business. We have two sectors now. Ah. And that's the newest one, which is actually gaining the most traction. Really? So what's happened now is there's a shift in businesses where we okay. are now doing business online. So the billboards that we used to see are mm. now YouTube videos exactly. and Facebook ads exactly. and ads on Google. So there's been a, a digital shift that's happened with businesses now. So now, for example, you need a website because nobody's going to come into your business. They're not going to read through the business times. They're going to go online. And Everyone's check you going out. online to check you out. Immediately. Without a doubt. And a lot of businesses had been somewhat left behind because they weren't able to make the jump. So you're working with a lot of smaller businesses A lot then, of smaller right? businesses. Which, is, which is who really gets the most benefit yes, out of some exactly. of this, right? So you can have some immediate impact. Exactly. And they, everyone looks over small businesses. Right. You know, they're small. Well, guess what? I'm small. So I like small. You, know, you understand I do, it. I understand, you understand you very it. much. So I understand your budgets. I understand your branding. And small businesses, it's hard for them to brand because they're small. So we help them with their business. Models. I feel like you're like a like, like a partner with these exactly. We here. partner. Like, so our clients, we like one of our biggest clients. We are their marketing, PR, and IT team. Wow, literally, Jeez. all of it. We do it all. <laughs> we did their website. So we do like a, an assessment for you, a digital media assessment. So we'll go online and we'll see what your online presence looks like. And you're like, like this is terrible. Yeah, either you don't have a presence <laughs> or you have a bad presence. So and we're gonna help you with it. Yeah, and we help you. And either way, you know, and we're very honest about it. Mm -hmm. I don't like to sugarcoat things with people. No, if you have no presence, you have no presence, and I'm going to help you get. Yeah, there. exactly. And don't be embarrassed. No, it's don't okay. be embarrassed. <laughs> Lots of people not. don't. Yeah. We can help you make those first steps and, exactly. and start building from there. Exactly, and that's what we like. It's okay to start from ground. I started from ground zero. Actually, in some ways, that's even better because you're not untangling bad mistakes it's and things so, like that. Right? I prefer it. I there prefer it. We've actually had multiple situations. So we've had some where we've started from the ground up, mm -hmm. and we've had some where we've had to do some untangling. And you're like, oh god. Yeah, and I'm like, oh jeez. <laughs> we need and a can of gasoline. In a match yeah, <laughs> it was burn like, it, down. it was uh, very difficult to say the absolutely <laughs> because then you have to kind of go back right. and do a rebrand kind uh, of a thing totally and, yeah. which is extremely hard and it's more expensive too much more expensive because yeah. you're kind of like untangling wires and then redoing another brand <laughs> oh, different goodness. wires so it's a little bit different. So that's why I encourage people to reach out to you, before, you know, yes. as a first step. Yes. For sure. Well, so that way you're not you're not backing up a year later right. having to unravel. Right. You don't want to start getting contracts, getting services, getting clients and employees, and you have no website. You know, you have no Facebook. Right. You have no Instagram. And using these social medias, mm -hmm. it makes your business experience interactive. And people want need. interactive businesses these days. So we Absolutely. take companies and we truly help you not just make your business day-to-day -day interactive, but your experience with your clients interactive. There you go. Because now you can go in front of those problems, whereas opposed to they're calling in yelling, you know, they can just, you know, write you a nice little message on Facebook <laughs> and you can deal with the problem before it even comes to your business. Exactly. So, so cool. I'm so excited for you. I just love Thank the fact you. that this is something that is your passion. Yes, very much and, so. And you're 
following it and you're Very making much. stuff happen and you're shaking up. If people want to learn more about the company, what's, what's your website? What's the best place it to go? It is itsformetech So it looks like itsforme.tech. Okay. Um, please go there. We have a Facebook. So that's ITs for me. We also have Instagram, which is ITs for me, LLC. Excellent. So we have multiple platforms for you to get in touch with us. You right. can join our, you know, our newsletters. You can subscribe. By all means, reach out. We are here for you. So we want to know what you need. I couldn't be more pumped for you. That's why I'm so <laughs> glad you got to come back and talk to us. Like I said, Thank the last you. time we talked to you when you're with the, with the other company before you started this, I was like, man, Taylor knows what's going on. And he said you're starting your own company. I'm like, you got to come back on the show. And you <laughs> did so that. So we want back. some regular updates as you begin to grow and oh, flourish. Because I, I know you're going some big places. So absolutely. Taylor. Thank you so much. So much fun talking to you. Yes. This is why I love doing what I do. I get to hang out with people like you. Yes, <laughs> so me cool, as well. I love it. Hey, can't thank you enough for keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio on KDKA News Radio 1020. We love telling these stories and we love telling them on a Wednesday night. It's such a great night to be on and really just to show you what's going on in Pittsburgh's tech sector. Lots of really cool women and men like Taylor who are building awesome companies here. And for us, it's an honor to put a spotlight on all that. So we'll leave you on that note and tell you, please tune back in next Wednesday and keep yourself up to date all the great stuff happening in Pittsburgh's tech sector. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.